Before we start today's Beef Watch podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a listener. During the month of November, the Nebraska Extension Beef Team is asking for your feedback on the podcast. What content has been most valuable to you? And what topics would you like to see discussed in the future? If you'd be willing to take a few minutes to fill out a brief survey, we'd really appreciate it. The survey can be found at beef.unl.edu, and it's located there at the top of the homepage. Thanks again for being willing to do that for us. We really appreciate your feedback, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch Newsletter titled Cow Cost Higher in 2022. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Jay Parsons, who's a farm and ranch management specialist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Well, Jay, as we look towards the end of the year, this is a good time of year for spring calving cow-calf producers to sit down and look at what happened in 22 in terms of our cow costs. As we look at what's happened across the state and look at feed costs, look at inputs, as we think about the books for this year, I think we're going to be looking at higher cow costs. Give us your perspective on what's happening with cow costs in Nebraska right now and maybe some strategies as we think about analyzing the numbers. Yeah, well... Everything's gone up lately as far as just inflation in, in, in a general sense, but certainly in Nebraska with cattle producers, things have been exasperated quite a bit with the drought and increased feed costs. So uh, so we're definitely seeing a lot of feed costs go up for folks. Um, you know, pastures, well, in general, forage is hard to come by. Feed's hard to come by. So that's a big, big thing there. But we're also seeing other things go up. Labor, uh, fuel, obviously, is on people's mind. And then and then the one that everybody's worried about, I guess, overall is, is the interest rate and where that's going to uh, level out and hopefully come back down. So in general, across ag, but certainly uh, in the cow-calf sector, we're seeing a lot of increases uh, in costs for people to be concerned about. And, of course, um Cattle producers, like everybody else in ag, are competitive. And over the years, you know, when we've had money, we've we've bid some of these things up, like the cost of land and, and pasture in general, over time. And those things take a while to to recede back uh, to reflect perhaps a tighter profit margin um, that people are dealing with. You know, one of the things I think is challenging from my perspective as we look at Nebraska, just the value of feed here. And I'm not thinking only harvested feed, but also grazed feed. And when I start putting some numbers to that, it's not hard to get $600, $700 in total feed costs. That would be grazed feed and harvested feed in a cow per year. And that's including the cost of replacements, developing those, getting that feed into the cow herd, you know, the cost of that heifer, the feed that goes into raising her and replacing her, uh, feeding the bull that we're going to use to breed the cows. That's a pretty big number as we look at our total cow cost. Yeah, it certainly is. And we see, um, you know, we look at different numbers in terms of uh, grazing practices around the region and, and our neighboring states in particular. And uh, and we've looked at that in a number of different contexts. Uh, and one of them is the utilization of, of corn stalks in the winter. And of course, it's common to see cattle out on corn stalks here in Nebraska. And one of the reasons is because exactly what you just described, we have relatively high 
grazing costs overall. And when you look at what you pay for, um, you know, a acre or AUM of grass in this state, it's quite a bit higher than our surrounding states. So, so people utilize everything they can uh, in the state in general for grazing purposes when they can get their hands on it. And that's one of the reasons we'll truck our cattle, so, you know, several miles to, to get to corn stalks and, and so on. So, you know, it's, it's tough because it's a, it's a competitive uh, situation here. And when we have cash, people bid up prices for pasture quite high. And they, like I said, they take a while to come back down because there's taxes and all those things attached to that value. And, uh, you know, for cattle producers, it, it can be a, a pretty tricky situation when those margins tighten up. Let's talk about labor and equipment a little bit. And I think one of the challenges here for me is if you're providing the labor yourself, you sometimes maybe don't pay yourself what you would be worth if it was you went out and hired someone to do the work you do. And then as we think about equipment, equipment is one of those things that we often purchase equipment sometimes maybe when we have a profitable year. Uh, but we may not take into account what's happening to that equipment in terms of depreciation. Obviously, repairs that we make annually, we have to write a check for. But help us think through a little bit labor and equipment, what's happening there, and what are some things we need to be aware of with that? Well, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, of people's times, right? That owner labor or owner operator uh, type of labor. And if you're not paying yourself a salary per hour that you're working on all these things, uh, you, you can kind of... Um, I wouldn't say ignore that, but overlook it, I guess, is a better way to put it. Um, but certainly, you know, when you buy a new piece of equipment, the trade-off is, is that you don't have to fix it, right? So it's in better shape than that old piece of equipment. But like you said, it is going to depreciate over time. And, and right now, interest rates would be an issue. So if you borrowed money to buy it, all of that comes into play there. Um, so, so you have that to be concerned with, but then with older equipment, you can spend a lot of time fixing it and, uh, you know, and your labor and time is worth something. So in addition to maybe some expenses on some parts, if you do the work yourself, um, all of that stuff adds up and those things get, uh, you know, I guess I wouldn't say lost in the equation, but we tend not to account, count for them a lot of times with our numbers and, and the same thing on land, right? If I own land, and I'm not paying rent on that land. I tend to think of my expenses being the, you know, the upkeep of the uh, infrastructure on that, the fences and the wells and so on, um, and then my land taxes. But you actually have a significant amount of money invested in that too. So there's a lot of these hidden uh, non-cash type of costs there, owner labor and uh, returns on your land and so on, uh, that can be, uh, you know, actually good in terms of providing cash flow, but there's still a, a hidden cost there in that whole equation of it. And uh, uh, when we start saying what's the full cost of, of basically raising a calf, all of those things need to be considered, right? Because you have alternative things to do with your time and alternative things to do with your money. I think one of the things that challenges me right now is just looking at equipment expense and you know, what are we going to do if we need to replace a tractor or a pickup or a four-wheeler? Uh, we may have bought that piece of equipment several years ago. Now to replace that piece of equipment with a like piece of equipment, the replacement cost is much higher than it was when we initially purchased that piece of equipment just from an inflation standpoint. So that that gets my attention as well. Yeah. And some people like to look at depreciation as basically deposits on the next purchase, right? And and that's where that gets you in trouble is when that purchase price changes that drastically, right? So if I buy something 10, 15 years ago, now it costs twice as much. And I've been looking at that, you know, recouping that depreciation cost someplace so I can purchase another one of those. I only got half of what I need. <laughs> and, and so it can be a little tricky in, from a planning standpoint. And you really need to think ahead 
um, you know, on an annual basis, it's a good a good idea to look at those uh, uh, decision points, right, with specific equipment and say, do I want to keep this and repair it? And what does that look like? But you really have to plan out that five, 10 year span and say, okay, so how long is this going to last me? And what am I going to put into it? And what's my trigger point to actually purchase something new? Maybe I ought to be on the lookout for something now. Um, you know, and sometimes it doesn't have to be new. It can be a good used opportunity. And if you know about that, Ahead of time, it's much better than having to be in a situation where you don't have a lot of choices because you need that equipment now. One of the costs that we haven't talked about yet is CAD appreciation or replacement cost. And this is one that I think, in my mind, maybe the one that's hidden the greatest for many cow-calf operations, especially for those that raise and develop their own replacement heifers. Just help us think through this a little bit. What happens with CAD appreciation? How should we think about that? Yeah, that's a tough one because we tend to, in our budgets at least, um, put together what I would call stable numbers, right? Expectations and whatnot. And in that case, it can be like, why why am I doing all this uh, technical stuff here and thinking about this? But basically, you know, your cow, a very productive cow will lose value, you know, down to the point that it's cold. And of course, bringing in a replacement for it costs money, whether you purchase it or raise it yourself. And so, when I say cost money, if you're purchasing it, you can just look at the market value of it and say, that's what it cost me. And of course, if you actually did buy it, you can depreciate it on your taxes. If you raised it, then you could have essentially sold it to somebody else and made money off of it. So it still has that same same value, but you actually have already incurred the cost of raising it. And essentially, you know, the difference between what it costs you to raise and what its actual value is, is kind of profit on your replacement program if you wanted to separate that as an enterprise. So there's a lot of details there that a person can get into. Um, but a lot of people, to be honest with you, they raise their own replacements. They got feed involved, so on and so forth. So all of it gets kind of thrown into one bundle of feed costs and so on. So like you said, some of this stuff gets hidden in there. The thing that's tricky about it is is when you start having um, – wide fluctuations in prices. And so some of those values trickle up or trickle down up in particular, uh, you can get in, and especially if you say destock your cow herd at this point, cause, cause, uh, cause of drought. And so you go down to lower numbers, but that's a temporary thing. You want to build them back up. You could be destocking at a time, um, you know, and say, I'm capturing some dollars there, but then when you go to build back up, you're dealing with high replacement costs, so to speak. Your feed costs might be fine, but the opportunity costs on those animals could be pretty high. And uh, it could take a while to build yourself back up in a profitable manner. And I think we saw that at, after the 2012 drought. Um, I mean, you remember those days that were, you know, replacement heifers were super expensive and you had people trying to rebuild their herd, paying uh, really high, high costs for some replacement animals to try to get the herd built back up quickly to take advantage of the high prices. But those costs got distributed over a lot of years. You know, we only had a couple of years of really high prices, but those uh, high replacement costs, they had to recoup those over, you know, six, seven years and uh, and hopefully break even on them. We've talked about the big three, but there's some other costs as well, thinking about breeding costs, veterinary costs, marketing. What are some things to pay attention to with those? Yeah, well, interest is the big one that everybody's thinking about right now and just where your debt level is and how susceptible you are to changing interest rates. Certainly on an operating note, that's a concern or new purchases. Um, that's a concern. So that that's definitely something that people people are thinking about. You know, some of the marketing costs, keep in mind that that would include trucking them to the market. And we've seen a big increase in uh, diesel prices, obviously, and, and talk of it 
even getting worse. And of course, uh, trucking costs go up with that. So those are things to, to keep in mind on things that could or maybe already have increased in that regard. And then to be honest with you, some of these things are just a matter of getting your hands on them. You know, getting getting a veterinarian out to your place isn't isn't uh, all that easy in some parts of the state and um, and whatnot. So so always keeping in mind where where you're getting these services from, whether it be um, that um, vet med stuff or mechanical help or trucking help or whatever, and where you're marketing and all those types of things. But you know, build kind of a portfolio of things that you can tap into there to hopefully uh, keep track of uh, the best. I don't want to say the best deal, but the best bang for the buck kind of thing uh, on those. So, um, and I know that's not possible in all cases. Sometimes you only have one option, but uh, where you can come up with two or three different options, maybe explore a few more and, uh, you know, have a plan B that you can turn to. If plan A turns out to be either uh, impossible to get or at least uh, too expensive uh, to tap into. Jay, any other thoughts on cow costs that you think would be worth producers giving some attention to as we look towards wrapping up 2022? Well, the big thing I would say is, is is that you you know you can't manage what you don't measure is the big saying, right? And keep in mind your cow costs don't have to be down to the penny, and they and uh, you know account for every single little thing every year. But uh, you got to start someplace. And you know the article you put together uh, in the Beef Watch this month, I think, is just fantastic in terms of just putting things into buckets and things to think about. That people have a start to track some things and keep a good handle on where they are, and uh, when they pay, you know, when something goes up, you gotta you you see where where it happened and if there's anything you can do about it because a lot of times we don't know about these costs until they've already incurred and it's and it's too late to do something about it, but if you can anticipate some of those things and say, you know, this is this is really going to cost me some money. What are some other options? You've already had some time to think through those options. That really just puts you in a much better management position for making decisions and uh, and keeping those costs down to a reasonable level. Because, like I said at the beginning, you know we're, we're competitive. Cow calf producers are just like other people in ag; they're very competitive, and the profit margins, uh, when they are large, don't last very long. We compete ourselves out from them, so it's important to know uh, where that cost of production is at relative to to the marketplace, and that you uh, have some good alternatives available to you to keep yourself in the profitable position. Well, Jay, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you, Aaron. This is a great topic. I would mention that we do have some unit cost production workshops coming up here in November and December. November 29th and 30th, we'll be having a unit cost production workshop out at Kimball. If you have an interest in that, you can give me a call, 308-235-3122. can share more about the content that will be shared at that workshop and also get you signed up if you'd like to participate. Also on December 6th and 7th, we'll be having one in Arthur, at the Arthur County Fairgrounds there, Randy Sainer at North Platts coordinating that. If you'd like to reach him, you can reach him at 308-532-2683. Same content will be covered at both workshops, but we'll work through a two-day workshop there actually using a sample ranch where we'll look at their cost production. And past participants who've been part of this have really found that to be very valuable. We have a lot of good conversation and they go home with tools they can use to apply these concepts on their own operation. Again, for more information on the content we discussed today, I encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. You can find more of the information that we talked about.